If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's just Matt here dropping in before we start the show to let you know that we have moved our quiz show at the comedy festival to a bigger room. We sold out the whole run, so they've offered us a larger room at the town hall. And uh, yeah, the next two Monday nights, we've got more tickets available now, which is really exciting. Please do come along. We had a great time for the first show with Reese Nicholson and Michelle Brazier uh, on Monday and Sunday as well. We had a, a great time doing our live podcast. There's three more of those to go. Uh, tickets still available. Uh, links below. Also, if you want to come see me at the Comedy Festival, come to Hong Kong Hubba Hubba Ring a Ding Ding and use the discount code Do Go On. That is all one word. And hopefully we'll see you at one, two, or all of those shows. That'll be amazing. Now let's get on with the show. It sound like we've been on some massive international tour. Yes. How are you going? All right. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. Welcome to another episode of Do Go One. My name is David Warnicke, and, well, not as always, I'm standing alone on stage right now, but could you please put your hands together and welcome to the stage Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Yes. <laughs> Normally the um, the theme song start and they start clapping. Yep. I had to start it this year and that doesn't feel good. You started the clapping. Yeah. That, that I didn't feel good. That sounds awful. Like, felt like a piece of shit. You did that to me, and you're really going to have to work hard to win my love back. 
that's how you get it. Yeah. Yeah, be a real cunt. That's yeah. That yeah. Yeah, that'll get him. Oh, I remember there's a boy over there. Sorry about that. Sorry to you, boy. It's probably the first time you've heard such language. And I apologise. Damn it. Uh, round of applause. Any other boys in tonight? <laughs> sort of like to meet the audience. <laughs> Did I see a boy? The boy has left. Oh. Okay. I'm, so, I'm so quite 20, old. Yeah, so. Are there any 20-year-old boys? <laughs> oh, thanks for coming out. Uh, great. You're here, we're here. We may as well do a podcast. Oh, who's heard the podcast before? Great. Uh, who hasn't heard the podcast before? That's okay. That's was that right. the boy? Was that the boy? That was the boy. That was the boy. That sounded like a 21, 20 year old boy. Thank you, little boy. Um, Thank you. Thanks for coming, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking a chance on us. Um, and we won't pick on you, but other than um, most of the night. Um, <laughs> nah, 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 you'll be right. Um, help me. Great. Uh, do you want to explain how it works? Is that, is that good? No, you can do No, that. no, I feel like Jess should explain. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she feels like she's in hot form. <laughs> so if you could explain how the show works, Jess. Of course, easily. Uh, so, there's three of us, hello. And we take it in turns researching a topic and telling each other about it. The other two listen very politely, don't interrupt, and we all laugh, learn, out of here in a tight one hour. <laughs> Love that. The three L's. <laughs> well, I mean, Matt's doing it. Is it yeah. going to be an hour, Matt? Uh, well, if we, if we have to leave in that time, then yes. But um... <laughs> He just finishes with to be continued and we all go home. How exciting. We always start with a question as well. Um, Matt, have you written a question? I have written a question. You've just got to scroll back your Don't 18 look. pages. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. You right there? You right with that? Would you like this? Oh, actually... No. <laughs> Be- before we get started, um, you know, we for a while there, people sending us songs they were making about the show. Yeah. Someone emailed uh, this week Dusty Sandane, and <laughs> he spelled it out uh, phonetically, which was meant to help me say it <laughs> <laughs> more fluently, and I don't know if I nailed it, but. Sandane. So, I'd love to see you in a language class. <laughs> Repeat after me Sandane. So, so he sent it through and I listened to it and I don't understand it. Normally they're like, hey, this is a do-go-on song and da-da-da. Mm-hmm. But this one is, is, uh, is Stranger. So I, I thought we'd play it and then maybe, maybe everyone here can explain it to me. Or, okay. Or can be baffled along with Great. me. Great. So Duty, do you want to hit that tune? Pump it up a little. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, you're just saying, I love my own eyes. Yeah. 
Yeah. I just don't understand. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah, I, that, that's I, that's good art. I love it. I don't know what I mean. I don't get it, but I, it made me feel something. Yeah. Um, I couldn't hear like most of what we were right. saying. Um, I think it was mostly me talking about eye colour. Yeah. But then and ma- the songs are meant to sort of describe how the show works. <laughs> and in a way, it's every, not bad. Every time Matt came in, I was like, is that Matt or is that Barry White? Yeah. Is anyone else you feeling that? I love... The snake. <laughs> the sexy one of, his, one of his famous lines. <laughs> so I thank you to Dusty Sandanay for... How did you do that without notes? <laughs> that's ridiculous. God, he's good. Jeez, that's good. God, he's good. All right, so I'm, I'm going to get us onto a topic with a question. Great. Uh, the question is, on what day of the year might you hear someone say... You couldn't fool your mother on the foolingest day of your life if you had an electrified fooling oh, machine. Christmas Day. <laughs> you idiot. It's Halloween. No. <laughs> thought this was an easy one. <laughs> Is it the 1st of April? Whacking Day. Um, <laughs> very white, very yeah, good. right, okay. No, it's April Fool's Day. Yes, April the 1st. Is that what you said? Yeah. I drifted off. <laughs> Very briefly, this was suggested by Lisa from Brisbane. Okay, Lisa, you win. <laughs> they never are. It hurts so much. They never are. <laughs> we uh, had a little seat reserved for her. She never came. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kick off with some words from Britannica, just okay. like a compendium of, of information online. <laughs> Although the day has been observed for centuries, its true origins are unknown and effectively unknowable. It resembles. I, I would say that most days have been observed for centuries. But <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, called, a, it's called a calendar. <laughs> All right, there's a bit of padding in this. Um, <laughs> April. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> It resembles festivals such as the Hilaria of ancient Rome held on March the 25th and the Holy Celebration in India, which ends on March 31st. Some have proposed that the modern custom originated in France in August 1564 when Charles IX decreed that the new year would no longer begin on Easter as it had been common throughout Christendom, Mm. the the Christian world. but rather they were moving the, the start of the year to January 1st. The Pope did that. Do you know that? I didn't know that. Huh. Used to start on Easter whenever that was. How fucking tricky is that? <laughs> <laughs> See, in the new year, whenever that is. <laughs> Something to do with the moon. <laughs> um, be- yeah, because it was a movable day, those who clung on to the old ways were the April Fools. That's oh. one theory. Oh, you still doing New Year's at Easter? You fucking fool. <laughs> You're a dog, you're a fool. We laugh at you. It's like we don't use fool enough anymore. Well, we are tonight. Um, (laughs) Others have suggested that the timing of the day may be related to the vernal equinox, a time when people are fooled by sudden changes in the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Got me again. (laughs) You're getting wet, you fool! (laughs) (laughs) Someone said that's so stupid, (laughs) huh? 
can't You're agree right. yeah, more. There are variations between countries in the celebration of April Fool's Day, but all have in common an excuse to make someone play the fool. In France, for example, the fooled person is called, I know your French is better than mine, I'll have a crack, Poisson de Avril. I mean, I don't speak French, but that sounds perfect. Poisson de Avril. That's very good. I, I, is, I, that a, is that an April croissant? Is that what you're saying? Uh, it means April fish. Poisson means fish. And I learned that on an old TAB ad, but it doesn't matter. I was like, oh, I just want a lot of money at the tab. And he ordered, he went to a fancy restaurant and he goes, I'll, I'll have a steak and a poison for the wife. And, um, and then the, the, guy, the waiter goes, filet mignon. And the poisson. <laughs> and I've finally been able to use that information <laughs> here tonight. <laughs> great ad. Great, great ad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, apparently this April fish thing might be in reference to fish being abundant at this time of year in France. So they're very easily caught. So they're like, oh, oh these fish, they're such fools. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me catch them. <laughs> You little idiots. Yeah. <laughs> little wriggly fuckers. And these fucking morons. <laughs> foolish fish. But I also imagine no one's around. Yeah. He's saying all this just to no one. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Uh, apparently it's still common for French children to pin a paper fish on the backs of unsuspecting friends. Oh, that, that'll get oh. them. They've, they've got a lot of great culture in France, haven't they? Their friends Beautiful. would look like such a fool. <laughs> Uh, so the next bit sounds a bit like Britannica is fooling me, but uh, anyway, let's have a crack at it. In Scotland, the day is Goki Day for the Gok, or Cuckoo, a symbol... Cuckoo? A symbol... <laughs> well, you will wait. A, a, a symbol of the fool and the cuckold, or cuck, which, which suggests that it may have been associated at one time with sexual licence. What is that? I don't know what that means. I thought I had to read it out because cuck is so fun to say. As, and people have called, it, called me it a bit. Um, it's good reason. I'm a big old... <laughs> big old soy boy cuck. So, um, according to Stephen Winnick, writing for the American Folklife Centre, another theory placing the origin of April Fool's Day in the Roman Empire dates it to the reign of Emperor Constantine. According to this story, a group of fools or jesters convinced Constantine to make one of them king for a day. Constantine obliged and one of the jesters, named Kugel, was appointed to the position. He decreed that it would be a day of jollity and thus created what came to be called April Fool's Day. The only problem with this story is it was an April Fool's hoax in itself. Um, Started by a history professor, Joseph Boskin. (laughs) Gotcha. In 1983, Boskin was working at the Boston University. Boskin was working at Boston. Yeah. That's good. Would have been a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, so he was con- uh, contacted by the AP, the Associated Press, a reporter there who wanted to ask about the history of April Fools. He was a history guy, so he thought he was a good guy to ask. Mm. According to the Boston University website, uh, Boskin recalled, 
I said, I don't know anything about the holiday and I really can't be of help to you. The reporter said, don't be so modest. When the reporter kept pushing, <laughs> Boskin says, I created a story. <laughs> One of Boskin's closest friends had always loved the Jewish noodle pudding kugel. That is quite a sentence. <laughs> He's so say it again. One of his One friends. of his friends had always One enjoyed. One of his closest fr- this is what a weird thing to pop in your mind when you come up with a story, but one of his closest friends had always loved the Jewish noodle pudding kugel. Or cu- <laughs> could be kugel? Kugel, I think. No, it's kugel. Uh, Just because it makes that sentence so good. <laughs> that popped into his head and he decided to tell the story of a jester who became king, King Kugel. One of Boskin's f- uh, fields was medieval history, so he concocted a convincing tale. Since I was calling New York, where Kugel is famous, and it was April Fool's Day, I figured he would catch on, Boskin recalled. Instead, he asked how to spell Kugel. (laughs) As he was telling the outlandish story, he kept expecting the reporter to wise up to what he was doing, but all he heard was the clatter of a typewriter on the other end of the phone. When AP published the story, Boskin got calls from the Today Show and other reputable news outlets asking him to go into more details about the origins of King Kugel, and the story was born. The truth came out when he was uh, teaching a class a few days later going, all right, you really can't be a sucker. Like, uh, <laughs> when you're working in media, you know, there's going to be... Um, you, you just got to use your brain, basically. <laughs> and in that class was an editor of another newspaper and they published the story about it the next day and the AP was very embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and furious. They rang up and yelled at him. Did they feel like they looked like a bit of a... I don't know, what's the word? A poisson. (laughs) (laughs) De avril. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Uh, The first certain reference to April Fool's Day, according to Winnick, comes from a 1561 Flemish poem by Edward de Dean. In the poem, a nobleman sends his servant on crazy fruitless errands. The servant recognises that he's being sent on fool's errands because it's April the 1st. Edward de Dean's trick in which someone is assigned an errand to find a non-existent object or person was still a popular April Fool's joke centuries later. A 1902 article in the Akron Daily Democrat details some of the common pranks of the day, writing, One of the most popular amusements of April the 1st is the sending of persons on fruitless errands. Unsophisticated persons are sent to the bookstores for a copy of the history of Eve's grandmother or to the chemist shop for pigeon's milk. (laughs) 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 That is good stuff. Eve doesn't have a grandmother. No. She's the first one. She's the first one. How could she have a grandmother? Don't understand the pigeon's milk one, though. But uh, That doesn't make any sense. Oh, because you go to a chemist. A chemist is not going to have it. <laughs> That's true. You want to go to straight to the wholesaler. That's right. The pigeon. <laughs> what you want to do is you want to catch a pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> you want to squeeze it real hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it's dead or anything. Maybe it likes it. Crowd <laughs> 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 of nerds, yeah. <laughs> Oh, be nice to the pigeon. <laughs> Nobody wasn't being nice to the pigeon. God. Sometimes it's nice to be squeezed. He loves it. Like a little cuddle for the pigeon. <laughs> Shall I? I'll, I might yeah. shut up for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good old squeeze to your produce milk? <laughs> All right, I'm the, f- I'm the first to admit it. That's real virgin talk, Dave. <laughs> real, real virgin. Somebody. Dave ruined it. <laughs> Please squeeze me. 
in <laughs> in sixteen. <laughs> we definitely remember how to do these shows. We're doing really well. Yeah, it's feeling it's feeling good. Yeah, I'm gonna it's fight someone. <laughs> In 1698, the first April Fool's Day prank on record occurred. The prank, this is a good, you're going to love this. This is, it's <laughs> maybe... can't be better than pigeon milk. It's maybe one level up from pigeon Get milk. Get out of town. Uh, the prank had people tricked into going to the Tower of London in England to see the, quote, annual lion washing ceremony. When they arrived, they were disappointed to find there were no lions being washed at all. <laughs> so funny to me, but <laughs> apparently thousands of people like oh. turned up to watch a lion get it, washed. Well, get this. This is from uh, ho- 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 hoaxes.org. <laughs> ho- hoaxes.org. <laughs> so this is from that website uh, saying... I mean, you can't trust anything on that website. <laughs> They wrote, for well over, for well over a century uh, after this prank, the prank of sending unsuspecting vis- uh, victims to see the washing of the lines at the Tower of London remained a favourite April Fool's Day joke. A century. For a century. <laughs> every year this continued. In the mid-19th century, pranksters even printed up official-looking tickets that they distributed around London on April 1st, promising admittance to the non-existent annual line washing ceremony. So, so when did they wash the lions? <laughs> I, oh, imagine they do it on April 2nd every year. Oh, my year. God, I miss it. miss it. But the lions get to have a bath in peace. That's <laughs> yeah. nice, actually, yeah. isn't it? But, yeah, so anyone, if you're from out of town, that was the old con. Oh, you're not get it. This is big. Everyone goes to see the lions get washed. Thousands but as of people. Like, okay, let's say you're a local and you see a tourist walking past and they're like, what should I say? No, that, that, I'm doing an English accent. They're not English. I won't do an accent. They say... <laughs> nah, go on. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> they say, what should I do while I'm here? And you say, oh, well, I mean, go check out... The... But then you, you don't go with them. So you don't know if they go. You don't... Like, what's the payoff for you as the person being like, go get, have a look at that? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it's, I think it's beautiful. I don't know why you're trying to unpick it like that. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> they thought they were going to be lions washed. I yeah. don't know if you get it or not. I don't think I get it. It's very funny. <laughs> All right, the saddest thing for me to imagine is that it was every year for 100 years, but on 100, the 101st year, imagine being the only person to turn up. <laughs> That's the saddest thing. <laughs> And asking about it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, mate. Is this sad. isn't even a joke anymore. Yeah, this is just It's sad. over. Uh, there's a, the, the first uh, written down record of it happening in America that I saw was in 1771 in a diary entry by Anna Green Winslow in Boston. Uh, this entry seems to suggest that Winslow's prank is either trying to get her mum to remember something that didn't happen, which is funny, or <laughs> get her mum... Uh, to remember being pranked by a dad, which is also very funny. Okay. Uh, and this is what she wrote. Will you be offended, Mama, if I ask you, if you remember the flock of wild geese that Papa called you to see flying over the blacksmith's shop this day three years? I hope not. I only mean to divert you. Note, it is the 1st of April. Hee <laughs> hee. I, I did add the, I added the hee. I added the hee. You added the hee. I added the hee. Wow. That I thought I needed very, a little something. It felt something. very of the time. <laughs> 
so that was actually very good. Yeah, thank you. I didn't, I didn't understand a word of that. Yeah, it was, so I think she, she's writing a letter to her mum yeah. being like, remember that time that, you, that Dad told you to go look at those geese flying? God, they didn't have much to do back then, did they? Three years later. So she was either going, remember that funny prank yeah. Dad did on you where there weren't any geese, or it's her, the, the prank is her going, hey, remember this thing? Didn't happen, but anyway, gotcha. He, he, but he, he. <laughs> gotcha, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, did, I had the thought to not read that bit out because I thought Great. it was a bit baffling. And then you, oh, and the read, bit you just read. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And then you read it. I read it out anyway. Is that one of the bits where before the show you were telling me there's yeah. a few bits that I might not read? And I, did, I just accidentally it. started it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too far into it. Yeah. But definitely could have probably chopped that bit. No, nah, I reckon it's fine. That's we had a fine. Bit of fun I mean, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think it's all right. I'd say just move on. Okay. I can edit it out later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you swing and you miss sometimes. That's all yeah. right. Uh, I'm going to keep referring to it throughout the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> Winnick writes that by the, the late 1800s, uh, April Fool's Day tricks had developed into more elaborate forms. That you're going to love these ones. These are now we're starting to get to okay. the juicy stuff. Wait, it's going to be better than hey, remember when Dad said, "Look, there's some geese," and you looked and there were no fucking geese, yeah. Mum. Yeah. You idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You looked like such a dumb bitch that day, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> Dad and I laugh about that behind your back while I remember Mum, but she was a dumb bitch. <laughs> it's going to be better than that is what you're telling and, me. And then the arrogance to write a letter three years later. <laughs> yeah. go, remember? remember? You that, suck, Mum. Mum. <laughs> so, yeah, so they by the late 1800s, they were really coming along. Um, there were three big ones okay. that were so common that they were written in comics in the newspapers and stuff. Uh, the first one was uh, when they put a brick under a hat on a sidewalk. <laughs> so wait, 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 What will happen? What are you, hang on, there's a brick yeah. and a hat on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if someone come along, they pick up the hat. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> but no. Um, <laughs> and then they, they apologise to the brick. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't realise someone was wearing this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my apologies, sir. Good day to you, Mr. Brick. Yeah, Lord Brick. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord Brick. <laughs> that's not what it is. No, that's not. That's not what it is. <laughs> Does the Brick have a mustache? <laughs> <laughs> I would have. Yeah, I would have back then. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm on board now. I like this. <laughs> All right, so you're picturing a brick with a mustache. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hat on top. Hat on top. Hat on top. Okay, so this is... This Wait, is, a... is it a human-sized hat or a hat that fits just on top of the brick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. <laughs> you're punching up this prank for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> no, well, according to Winnick, the idea being that someone would eventually succumb to the urge to kick the hat... <laughs> And thus stub his toe on the brick. First thing I would do, kick a hat. <laughs> on or off a head, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> you can get your leg up really high. Yeah, I can. Who kicks a hat? What? 
Well, what would happen is people are picking up a free hat yeah. and saying, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Man, kick that a hat. sucks. Kicking a hat. But it was, it was so common Where's that the there were... Where's the pigeon sympathiser now? Just worried about that poor brick getting kicked. <laughs> yeah, you, you draw a line in weird places. <laughs> the second one's more of a classic, I think. Um... So it involved leaving a supposedly lost desirable object like a wallet or cash. A hat. In pl- or a hat in plain view with a string tied around it. The other end, uh, the string was the other by a, a hidden prankster. It's got a brick on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all brick based. <laughs> it's all they had. Uh, bricks and hats, that's all they had. Yeah, so that's just the classic yeah. sort of drawing So people actually did that. Apparently, yeah, apparently it was real common. Wow, that sucks. Remember, people used to go to watch a train go past. Yeah. So. Uh, and then the third one was called the smoking coin, uh, which was where... You leave, coin... it, leave a coin with a little cigarette next to it. <laughs> someone picks it up. I'm so sorry. I didn't realise someone was smoking this. The, <laughs> yes, the coin has a moustache. Yeah. Um, no, so, so what would happen is people would uh, light the coin up with a, a match or a, a cigar until it was... Smoking hot, put it down so people would burn their fingers on it. <laughs> it have to, have to happen pretty quick, I guess. And then, but... then they go, fuck, Fulger! <laughs> and they go into the hospital. <laughs> That's good stuff. So That's they're, good stuff. they're pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to now move on to some more elaborate ones from history, if, if you do not mind. These are all from this great website, uh, Hoaxes. Uh, <laughs> .org. I might have said that wrong again. Um, <laughs> so it's just it's like it's a whole a hoax compendium there. You gotta you gotta if you like hoaxes, that's your spot. Wow. Uh, this first one uh, happened on April first, would you believe? <laughs> Nineteen seventy-four. The residents of Sitka, Alaska woke to a disturbing sight. Clouds of black smoke were rising from the crater of Mount Edgecombe. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, they've, ed- they've edged too far. <laughs> you got to be really careful. Hey, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't noticed that <laughs> until just then, but that's good fun. <laughs> uh, I don't have the patience for such things, but... The, <laughs> the long... Uh, so, man, edge come. Uh, long, dormant... Well, you'd relate to this, Dave. Long, dormant volcano... <laughs> Which oh, yeah. Decades. Oh, yeah. It only makes the payoff even bigger. <laughs> People spilled out of their homes <laughs> onto... The whole town! They're all edging. <laughs> People spilled out of their homes onto the streets to gaze up at the volcano, terrified that it was active again and might soon erupt. <laughs> Calls poured into local authorities. The Coast Guard commander radioed the Admiral in Juneau who ordered a chopper be sent out to investigate. As the Coast Guard pilot approached Mount Edgecombe, a plume of smoke grew in size. Finally, he was right above it and he peered down into the crater. At first, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. Stacked in the cone of the volcano, burning with a greasy flame, was a huge pile of old tyres. Spray-painted in the snow beside the tyres in 50-foot-high black letters were the words, April Fool. The fake eruption of Mount Edgecombe... <laughs> it could be Edgecombe. 
Uh, <laughs> it could be Edgecombe. Could be, but who's to say? Who's to say? It could be. Hard to know with the Alaskan accent, but... Uh, the fake eruption at Mount Edgecombe was the work of a local prankster, 50-year-old Oliver Porky Bicker. <laughs> the idea to ignite the volcano had occurred to him in 1971. As soon as he thought of the idea, he knew he had to do it. <laughs> it took him three years yeah. of planning? Well, so he collected 70 old tyres that he kept in an aeroplane hangar, but he, w- he had to wait three years until April Fool's Day in 1974 when the visibility conditions were just right for the prank. So he, he woke up every April the 1st and was like, ugh, too overcast. <laughs> have to wait till next year. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Porky, get a life. Yeah. <laughs> so when Porky woke up that morning, he looked out his window, he could see right across to the volcano. He's like, yes, this is the day. He looked at his wife, Patty, and he said... Patty and Porky. Patty and Porky. <laughs> He looked at Patty and he said, I have to go do it today. <laughs> she said, it is 4am. <laughs> He's been talking to Patty about this for three yeah. years. That is a patient oh, wow. Apparently Patty replied, just don't make an ass of yourself. <laughs> Porky recruited his mates, Harry Salsa, Ken Stedman and Larry Nelson to help. Harry Salsa. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Was his friend's name Cam? Sorry. He's... Cam or Can? Oh, Ken. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's on me, I'm S- guessing. Salsa Can. I thought that's what you said. It was... Oh, Harry Salsa, Ken Stedman, Larry Nelson. <laughs> Nelson means dick as well, doesn't it? No. Okay. <laughs> In certain circles. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> Someone what does there. the full Nelson mean? That's a it's a wrestling move, isn't it? Yeah, What's that's full different. Nelson mean? That is different. Not he has giving a half the full Nelson, dick. a full Nelson. So if someone says I've got a half Nelson, Can you get mine now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I think I've been confused for a while there. Thank you, Dave. No worries. You've given me a half Nelson. I thought. Yeah. I thought in the wrestling move I was giving him, it was making him feel. <laughs> All right, Amorous. but now I understand. I accidentally stumbled upon something else. Um, what a web we weave. Um, what a the... wet we weave. <laughs> I really just got to get this done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. The, the pranksters had taken the precaution of notifying the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, controller of their plan. As the group returned to Sitka, the controller radioed them saying... You have clearance. And by the way, the son of a gun looks fantastic. (laughs) They were on board. I love that. The prank succeeded beyond Porky's wildest dreams. News of it got picked up by the Associated Press. Those fucking gullible... (laughs) Gullible fucking fools. I'll never trust them again. (laughs) And uh, ran in newspapers around the world. The reaction of people in Sitka once they realised the volcano wasn't really erupting was almost uniformly positive. Uh, which is interesting because a lot of these stories I've read, people did not enjoy yeah. <laughs> these sort of pranks. Uh, even the Coast Guard wasn't too mad about the stunt. When Porky was later at a 4th of July party, the Admiral walked over to meet him. Porky was afraid he was about to get chewed out, but instead the Admiral told Porky he thought the prank was classic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Por- High 
times all round. Porgy's favourite response to the prank came in 1980. Uh, He received a letter from the attorney in Denver, inside of which was a clipping from the Denver Post with a photo of Mount St Helens erupting. Attached was a note that read, This time, you little bastard, you've gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so that's that one. The next one's... um, Another one from the uh, Hoaxes website. Um, This one happened in 1965 uh, with the BBC TV. Uh, They were interviewing a London University professor who had perfected a technology called Smell-O-Vision that allowed the transmission of smells over the airwaves. (laughs) Viewers would be able to smell aromas produced in the television studio in their own homes. The professor explained that his machine broke sense down into their component molecules which were then transmitted through the screen. The professor demonstrated by placing some coffee beans and onions into the smell-o-vision machine. He asked viewers to report whether they had smelled anything. Numerous viewers called in from across the country to confirm that they had distinctly experienced (laughs) these scents. Some even claimed the onions made their eyes water. (laughs) So, like, yeah, England, pretty pretty clever country there. (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh, I mean, I definitely would have probably fallen for that too. Do you reckon? Yeah. Like Uh, in the olden days when everything just seemed possible. I wouldn't fall for it now. Yeah. But But back then. But in 19... You know... 65. Uh, This next one uh, happened in 1985. We're getting more modern. Uh, This one was uh, from Sports Illustrated when they published an article by George Plimpton that described an incredible rookie baseball player who was training at the Mets camp in St. Petersburg, Florida. The player was named Sid Finch uh, and he uh, could reportedly uh, reportedly pitch a baseball at 168 miles per hour with pinpoint accuracy. The fastest previous recorded speed for a pitch was 103 miles per hour. So that's a big jump. Mm. The article wrote that Finch had been raised in an English orphanage before he was adopted by the archaeologist Francis White Finch, who was later killed in an airplane crash in Nepal. Uh, Finch briefly attended Harvard before he headed to Tibet. Remembering this is all bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the wild backstory. I think they were trying to make... Like, often these pranks are, are trying to be so ridiculous... Yeah. ...that no one could believe it. But... <laughs> Surprisingly, Sid Finch had never played baseball before arriving at the Mets, but he had mastered the art of the pitch in a Tibetan monastery. Yeah. <laughs> That's where they send you. Yeah. Finch showed up at the Mets camp in Florida and so impressed their manager that he was invited to in- attend training camp. Fin- uh, Finch wore a hiking boot on his right foot while pitching uh, and his other foot was bare. <laughs> He's a quirky character. His speed and power were so great that the catcher would only hear a small sound, which was like this. Boom. (laughs) Before the ball would land in his glove, knocking him two or three feet back. One of the players declared that it was not possible to hit Finch's pitches. 
Unfortunately for the Mets, Finch had not yet decided whether to commit himself to a career as a baseball player or to pursue a career as a French horn player. (laughs) He told the Mets management he would let them know his decision on April the 1st, according to the article. Mets fans couldn't believe their good luck and accepting at (laughs) face value the peculiarities of Sid Finch's past flooded Sports Illustrated with requests for more information. But of course, the amazing player only existed in the imagination of author George Plimpton who had left a clue in the subheading of the article, which was, he's a pitcher, part yogi and part recluse. Impressively liberated from our opulent lifestyle, Sid's deciding about yoga and his future in baseball. The first letter of each of these words taken together spelled, Happy April Fool's Day, a fib. (laughs) That's pretty good. Pretty good one. It's no pigeon milk, but... (laughs) Yeah, you shouldn't have started with the best one. It's funny because they've evolved so much that now they're like, these days April Fool's pranks are, Tim Tam are doing Vegemite (laughs) flavour. Like, I don't, yeah. The company I get dog food from um, said they are um, releasing a candle that smells like wet dog. And apparently people tried to buy it, (laughs) so... I also uh, get that dog food and I thought that was real, so... Tell, tell you someone who wouldn't have wanted to buy that, Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> now you have to do it. There was a, a movie in the olden days <laughs> where there was a billionaire uh-huh. and he, at one point, um, there was a wet dog in his house, but he couldn't see it, but he could smell it. And then he said, Why do I smell wet dog? <laughs> It's great. It's probably my favourite cinematic (laughs) moment. (laughs) This one is a quick one from 1992. This one was from uh, on NPR's Talk of the Nation when host John Hockenberry announced that Richard Nixon was running for US president again, 31 years after resigning in disgrace. His His new campaign slogan was... I didn't do anything wrong, and I won't do it again. (laughs) Which is very good stuff. That's good good stuff. (laughs) The announcement was accompanied by audio clips of Nixon delivering his candidacy speech. Listeners responded by flooding the show with angry calls. People were furious. Like, he 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 should never run again. This is ridiculous. Uh, Later in the show, host uh, Hockenberry revealed that the announcement was an April Fool's joke. Nixon's voice was impersonated by comedian Rich Little. So, yeah, sucked in. <laughs> it's funny that, like... idiots. Is it Rich Little was like a, like a... You know, he made caricatures of their voices. It's funny that people bought it, but... As we're learning, people are real stupid. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to get to this... This is the one that uh, when the person who suggested it... Lisa from Brisbane, uh, she mentioned this one in particular when she suggested the topic. Uh, Perhaps the most famous one, I hadn't heard of it, so I don't know how true that is, but uh, it was the brainchild of Charles de Jager, or de de Jager. Uh, De Jager was a cameraman on the respected BBC news show Panorama. Panorama was the BBC's flagship news program in the 1950s, boasting a viewership of 10 million. 
On April the 1st, 1957, they ran a story about how spaghetti is made on the Swiss-Italian border. Hey? <laughs> a few prank fans in the front. <laughs> Where are my prank heads at? Or spaghetti fans. Yeah, which is it? Spaghetti. Yeah. She's a fan of spaghetti. Hist- uh, history of spaghetti. <laughs> and I, I love that this is set uh, where my ancestors lived on the Swiss-Italian border. Um, they're one-sixteenth of my ancestors. Anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At the end of the weekly episode, the audience heard Richard Dimbleby, the show's highly respected anchor, discuss the details of the spaghetti harvest as they watched video footage of a Swiss family pulling pasta off spaghetti trees and placing it into baskets. They were told that the mild winter had resulted in an exceptionally heavy spaghetti crop. (laughs) The segment concluded with the assurance that, for those who love this dish, there's nothing like real homegrown spaghetti. (laughs) When the three-minute package was over, Dimbleby reappeared and said, now we say goodnight on this first day of April, really emphasising the joke. But no one noticed that. (laughs) They were too busy running around the house going, oh, my God. I didn't... Did you know? It's a tree. It's a tree. We didn't buy in a packet oh of it. Oh, my God. So a huge number of viewers were fooled and uh, the BBC phone lines rang hot with people wanting to know how to grow spaghetti themselves. Uh, <laughs> I'll call the network. <laughs> Later that evening, the BBC broadcast a statement in which it informed viewers of the hoax. Despite this confession, calls continued to come in. The BBC operators eventually came up with a standard reply for those seeking information on how to grow their own spaghetti tree, which was, quote... Fuck off! (laughs) (laughs) Next. Yeah. Hello, is this about the spaghetti? Yes, fuck Fuck off. off. Next. (laughs) Fuck off, you idiot. And also, don't breed, you idiot. (laughs) Fucking hell. Like that? Was it that? It's close, but it's slightly more polite. They, they started <laughs> saying, uh, replying, uh, what you got to do is place a sprig of spaghetti in a tin of tomato sauce and hope for the best. <laughs> now, fuck off. <laughs> uh, part of the reason for the confusion was that spaghetti was not a widely eaten food in Britain during the 50s. Although its popularity had been increasing since World War II, many still considered it to be an exotic foreign dish. Its origin was evidently a real mystery to some. (laughs) Among those fooled was Sir Ian Jacob, the uh, Director General of the BBC, who later admitted... Apparently he was sent a note saying, hey, by the way, we're doing this prank tonight. But he didn't didn't see the note and he was watching the show and he was like, freaking hell. (laughs) 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 And he he later admitted that he he went to his uh, bookshelf, got the encyclopedia down... Tried to find spaghetti and he's like, I can't, there's nothing in here about it. Despite having fallen for it, Jacob, Sir Jacob, was a big fan. He sent Charles de Jager a congratulatory congratulatory note saying, quote, congratulatory. Some of them you're just going to let slide. I think that, you know, I mean, you knew what I meant. Yeah. Otherwise you wouldn't have been able to correct me. So I think, really, you're the fool in this interaction. (laughs) So this is what the congratulatory <laughs> congratulatory <Yeah>. note. <laughs> All right, let's go around the room. Everyone says one word. <laughs> we'll get through this sentence. Uh, so the note said, quote, The spaghetti harvest was a splendid idea, beautifully shot and organised. This item has caused a great deal of delight one way or another. Thank you very much indeed. Oh. 
It was real sweet. That's very I thought nice. he'd be like like the big Sir Boss guy. Yeah. He'd be like, you made a fool of me. Yeah. You're fired. A lot of people get fired for April Fool's Day pranks. None that I'm mentioning. Anyway, I'm going to finish <laughs> uh, with three final April Fool's Day pranks. These ones are a little different, though, because these ones are April Fool's Day pranks gone wrong. Ooh, I love uh, a prank gone wrong. This subtopic was suggested specifically by Sophie Shooter from Adelston in the UK. Uh, <laughs> after the listeners, no. Jess is looking out into the crowd. It's not here. <laughs> no. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace (laughs) makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website and make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as <laughs> intended, like PDFs, musics, or ebooks. I would love to buy Matt's ebook. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. Oh, one hundred and one. Wow. How yeah. many? One, does it go to one hundred and two? It goes all the way to one hundred and two. <laughs> You can customize everything with next generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. Wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do. Do go on. Uh, okay, so um, I've picked these out again from hoaxes.org. Uh, keep in mind when I tell you these that I left out the grimmest ones. These are going to be fucked. The f- <laughs> they're, not, they're not that, they're not nah, that bad. they're going to be fucked. They're not, they're not that bad, but the first one is called the dead dog. <laughs> <laughs> what you do is but you get a dog. But it's not one of the grim yeah. ones. You put the dog on top of a brick. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to kick the dog. <laughs> I mean, sure you, sure, you kill the dog, but the, the, the person who kicked it has also got a sore foot, so it's pretty funny. Pretty good. Pretty funny. <laughs> 
So I don't know if you remember the scene in National Lampoon's Vacation where Chevy Chase ties a dog to the bumper of his car, then forgets the dog is there and drives away. You know that scene? So Paul... <laughs> no, another great name. Paul Gooby. Uh, Gooby? Gooby. Oh, that's good. Was inspi- inspired by this scene. And he tied a dead chihuahua to the bumper of his co-worker's car. Where did he get it? Where did he it get it? It was already dead. Already dead. Well, that's according to the story, yeah. <laughs> Where did he get a dead dog? Oh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> and he tied it to a co-worker's car. Co-worker's car. All right. His co-worker was Kevin Malloy. And he got in the car and drove off, unaware that the chihuahua was there. Well, you're not doing a dog check before you get in the car, Kevin. <laughs> Come <laughs> on, Kevin. You're bringing this upon yourself, mate, if you're not doing a dog <laughs> check do every a time you get in the car. Always do a dog you check. You always do a dog check. <laughs> uh, so, so he's dragging the chihuahua <laughs> behind the car and passing motorists were horrified. <laughs> but what made this... <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> What made the situation even worse was that Malloy was deaf, so he couldn't hear the other motorists frantically honking at him. <laughs> Happily, he drove on for miles <laughs> until someone was finally able to get uh, his attention. Um, police charge Gooby with unlawful disposal of a dead animal. (laughs) We've all gone down for that one. (laughs) Was there like a trail? Dave, why'd you take it there, mate? Come Come on. on. We're here having fun. (laughs) Man, I'm definitely going to go on hoaxes.org later just to see what the grim ones are. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the upbeat, fun ones. <laughs> Man, I'm starting the way that they reacted to that. I should have done some of the real grim ones. Um, they were, I could tell they were loving it. They loved it. They loved they it. Loved it. Uh, this one's less grim, but you know, it's, uh, it's. I don't know if I trust your measuring of grim now. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's yeah, all right. Well. This one happened in 2003. So as thousands of American-led coalition troops stormed across, to, uh, across Iraq, the Iraqi ambassador... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Joke, there were never any weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> Got ya. Got ya. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Hilarious. You guys look so stupid right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the American-led coalition troops were storming across Iraq when the Iraqi ambassador to Russia, Abbas Khalaf Kanfush, uh, held a press... <laughs> that no. only seems fucked if you laugh. I'd... Yeah. You're laughing at... Man, I think I nailed that, but... <laughs> uh, so... So Kanfush held a press conference in Moscow. Many were expecting him to announce that Iraq conceded defeat. Instead, he chose this moment to hold a gag press conference. <laughs> Holding up a piece of paper that he identified as a news flash from Reuters, he read aloud from it. <laughs> that's, that's Reuters. Reuters. <laughs> I, don't, I never get that one right. I never... Reuters. <laughs> from Reuters? <laughs> In your defence, the spelling is... It looks like Reuters. Sorry, Reuters. 
Um, sounds very fancy when you say it like that. Uh, newsflash from Reuters. I you Reuters. <laughs> Fuck. Newsflash from Reuters. Uh, and he read aloud from it. So he's called a press conference. They're all going, oh, he's going to announce that they're conceding defeat. But he holds this up and he reads it. The Americans have accidentally fired a nuclear missile into British forces, <laughs> killing seven. <laughs> Immediately, the room full of reporters went silent with shock. Then Kunfuth grinned and shouted, April Fools! (laughs) 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 Only a few days after the unexpected moment of levity, the Iraqi government completely collapsed. Having fun till the end. Yeah, fun. <laughs> just, just a bit of fun. Just a bit of fun. Guys, lighten up. <laughs> I can imagine him saying that afterwards. Oh, come on. Do nuclear missiles often kill seven people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last one I'll read is a, it's sort of grim, but it's not. It's not, it's not that grim. It's not dead dog grim. It's gonna be fun. I actually, I picked this one. I'm like, this will be a nice way to finish. But thinking about it, it's, <laughs> it's not fucked, but it's just, it's kind of, anyway, whatever. So It's going to be fucked. Uh, okay, so Glenn Howlett's colleagues at London City Hall thought they had dreamed up a great gag. They sent him a memo informing him that the really big report he was working on was going to be due early, in just two weeks. So he thought he said months to go, but they're like, it's due in, in just the two weeks. The tip-off was that the memo was dated April 1st, huh? So if he was paying attention, he would have seen that. <laughs> Except Howlett didn't realise it was a joke. He received the memo while on vacation and immediately cut his vacation short <laughs> and phoned the office to tell everyone to start getting busy. But as he contemplated the new deadline, he worked himself up into an increasing state of panic until soon he began to experience heart palpitations. <laughs> Finally, he collapsed from the stress and had to take leave from work. As he was recovering, recovering, <laughs> see, not that grim, he realised it just wasn't worth risking his health to finish the report, so he filed for early retirement. <laughs> At which point... Someone told him the early deadline was just a joke. He responded by suing for damages. (laughs) As a consequence of the lawsuit, City Hall banned employees from pulling any more pranks. And that is the end of my report. (laughs) Give it up for Matt Stewart, everybody. Yeah, when I read that the first time, I'm like, oh, he's going to die, isn't he? Yeah. So when I, I think that's why I thought it wasn't that grim yeah, because he yeah. survived it. But everybody <laughs> but else was like... going, he's going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck. But a bit of fun. Suit him for damages. That's, that's good. Yeah, I like it. Like he retired yeah. early because of a, of a joke. They definitely could have told him sooner, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, don't cancel your holiday. I'm so sorry. It's just a joke. But didn't think it through. Sorry. Yeah, they waited till he retired. Yeah. Not even... Till, like he took time off, he recovered from yeah, heart palpitation. Yeah, yeah. They're sort of going, oh, I don't think oh. it's the right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, it's like you're too far in. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal and very funny. Very funny. So. <laughs> I, I reckon I never would have told him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we wish you well in your retirement. Yeah. And, um, we got you a cake. Yeah. <laughs> so, bye. Any questions? <laughs> 
Dave, I, I reckon wrap I, it up. I feel like I nailed the timing there. Yeah, you yeah. well there. Good job. I think they, they put that clock forward instead of backwards. Forward instead of backwards. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I went an hour over. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think they just didn't put it backwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's that the smart one. <laughs> that makes more sense. Oh, it's very worrying. When he does something dumb, it's like, oh, we're fucked. Yes. We really sweat then. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, the no. time in uh, my car became correct as of yesterday, so... Huh. Not relevant. <laughs> um, wrap it up, I reckon. I reckon Dave hey. would definitely kick a hat. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a hat kicker. <laughs> I reckon David kick a dog on a brick. On a brick. On a brick. You know? We'll be uh, up the back signing bricks on the way out. So thank you. Thank you so much for for coming out to our first live show here at the European Beer Cafe. Of course, we'd like to say thank you to the European Beer Cafe, which is hosting lots of shows for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. We've got uh, Andrew Duty Dudson on sound. Thank you so much. Can we give him a round of applause? Uh, and we'll be back here the next three Sundays. Yeah. Anybody else coming to more of them? Sick, me too. See, that was an easy one. They are a pack of fuckheads. Um, yeah. Oh, well, let's see if you can remember the title. Matt, you're doing a show at the Comedy Festival. What's it called? Ah, oh, yes, yes, yes. It's called you can do it. Poisson. <laughs> <laughs> It's called Hunk. No. <laughs> hunk. Honk. Fuck. It's called Honk Honk Hubba Hubba Ring a Ding Ding. And there's a discount code for you all, uh, which is Do Go On, I believe. Mm. No space. Is that Do Go On, I believe? <laughs> Fuck, I'm bad at this. No. It's a, just Do Go On, but not with the just. All that bit that I said <laughs> yeah. at the end. God, that's so long. It's impossible. That's so long. It's impossible. To, yeah. How do you do it? Right. So the discount code is do go on. <laughs> Cheering for a discount code. Yeah. I love saving three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming out. Uh, we really appreciate you coming out on your Sunday night. We'll be back next week. But until then, we'll say thank you so much and goodbye. Later. Bye. Bye. Wow. Another incredible live performance. How does he do it? Wow. (laughs) That was so good. That was so good. What was your favourite part? Um... Uh, or probably the standing ovations. Yes, I loved the standing ovations. Well, it's one of the things where I liked it at first, then it became awkward, but then I appreciated it again because I thought 10 minutes have passed and these people are still applauding. Still going. And you're like, you were begging them to sit down. Please, please, come on. There's, there's another show after us. Yeah. And the person who's coming on after us actually came on stage and said, no, you deserve this. Yeah, please. I'm going to cancel my show tonight. And that was a good call because they did applaud for another 45 minutes. It was very kind of Will Anderson to do that (laughs) for us. (laughs) Thank you. And also that knocked out Arge Barker, who was doing a late, late show. But Arge said, no, this is your moment. Yeah. We probably faded it out on the recording. Yeah. You might not have heard all nine minutes. But if you were in the room, you'd know, obviously. Um... But yeah, so that was obviously a highlight for us. We're back in the room now. Back then, it was so, it was such a big night for Matt that he had to go over lie down. Yeah, he's, so he's not here. Lie down. He's not here. It's just 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 Jess and Dave. But just, um, uh, that's okay. We're gonna we're gonna just uh, do the Patreon you stuff. Say we'll soldier on. Yeah, bravely. That's right. Because some people say that it's time now for everyone's favorite 
part of the show. Yes. Which is the fact, quote, or question, mm-hmm. brag or suggestion. Correct. Which I think, yes. I recall, yes. has a little jingle mm-hmm. and it might go something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Ding. Ah, he always remembers the ding. That I do. <laughs> Now, this is the section where we uh, thank and also just create a bit more uh, content based on some suggestions, etc., from people that support the show on Patreon. That's right. Or through dogoonpod.com or patreon.com slash dogoonpod. And basically, these are the people that have been supporting the show, some for many years now, which we absolutely appreciate. Uh, chuck in a few bucks every single month, and in exchange for different levels, we give out three bonus episodes. What some of the most most recent bonus episodes we did? Just did a report on the crash at Crush. Yes, which was what is a late nineteenth century organized train crash. Yeah, where they had two old trains they didn't know what to do with. Yeah, so decided to crash them together and charge admission, and it <laughs> went just as well as you would think it would yeah. go. Yeah. It went wrong. <laughs> it was bad. So uh, stuff like that. And also Phrasing the Bar, our month- monthly show where we go through the films of Brendan Fraser, the world's greatest actor in order. And we've recently done one of his most uh, iconic film roles, the sequel to The Mummy, The Mummy Returns. Oh, man. And uh, it's uh, it's good. It's good fun. It's good fun. I had the uh, Mummy Returns game on Game Boy Color. Did you? So it was bringing back a few memories. Was it like a little platformer or like... Oh gosh, you're such you're such a gamer now. What does that mean? Uh, you know the ones where it's like you're just running along, jump. It's like yes, Mario. Mario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're moving along, jumping over, yeah, over things, and being attacked, shooting back at things. But yeah. it's moving from wow. left to right, or right to left. And uh, yeah, and you also you, uh, we give shout outs. You get to be part of a Facebook group, also, um, which actually. It's a much nicer place than you'd think. Mm-hmm. You think your Facebook group, that's going to be, what's that going to be, toxic? Yeah, Facebook groups, always terrible. Yuck. No, not this one. It's a very, very nice corner beautiful. of the internet. And we also have people um, on the fact, quote, or question level who we uh, get to give us a fact, quote, or question each week. Mm-hmm. And we do four each week. And as as I'm struggling, because I'm, I'm filling in for Matt here on, the, on this section, I'm trying to find the bit where... <laughs> where I've got I'm, him. I've got him. Do you want me to do it? Okay. I can do it. Please do. Um, so, yes, you get to give yourselves a title. Our first fact quarter question comes from Derek Brigham. Brian. Oh. Brian. Brian. And uh, Derek's given themselves a title. That favorite scientist Matt keeps banging <laughs> on about. That's funny. <laughs> Bit of fun. Um, and Derek has given us a fact. And Derek's fact is... Light leaving the sun takes about eight minutes to reach Earth, but the process for those photons to get there took quite a bit longer. The sun is so dense. You can't say that. Um, Don't be mean. (laughs) (laughs) The sun's a real fool. Well, idiot. Um, So dense that photons generate in the core, generated in the core, run into the tightly packed atoms over and over again, being absorbed and emitted in a random direction. All in all, the time it takes for light to get from the sun's centre to its surface can be upwards of 100,000 years. What? Wow. Wow. That's good. So the last eight minutes, that's a breeze for the for the photons. Yeah. Well, would you say that that's obviously a very nerdy fact, but yeah. would you say it's fun? I don't know that I understand it, um, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> Really fun. Great. So thank you for that kind fact, of, Derek. I, wasn't, I thought he was going to say like 100 minutes or something. 100,000 years. Yeah, wow. Whoa. Next up, we have a suggestion from Drew Forsberg. Drew's given themselves the title Senior, Junior, Junior, Senior, Aficionado of the Pod. 
<laughs> Thank you very much, Drew. And I must say, I love a suggestion. Me too. Um, and Drew's suggestion is get it up ya. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh. As an American, I've taken a liking to various Aussieisms over the years due to listening to this and many other podcasts out of Melbourne. Uh, how Goods Blank is probably my favourite. That's good. Like, How Goods the Sunshine. Oh, right. I thought you were saying How Goods Footy is how the podcast. Footy. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> From Sam's Fans, how, like. How's good. How Goods Blank. My actual suggestion is suggestible. Mr. Sunday's much less successful podcast <laughs> that he does with his wife, Claire. Good day. Good yeah, day. Yeah, a fantastic podcast. Yeah, a lot of fun. And I mean, how do you measure success, Drew? You know, that's, you know. Oh, it's much less successful, but, you know, is it more rewarding? Then yeah. I'd say it's more successful. So, yeah. Mr. Sunday's much more successful podcast, suggestible. Yeah. yeah, because he does it with um, with Claire, who of her own right is an amazing podcaster and human being. So, yeah, I would say it's more successful. Yeah. Um, thank you, Drew. <laughs> Cop that mate. by the way. <laughs> Next we have Dominic Stevenson. Uh, and Dominic has... Giving himself the title Locksmith. <laughs> Very important. Very important. Often, often required. <laughs> I like that a lot. We get locked out of the trip ditch club. Dominic's given us a quote. Ooh. We don't get quotes as often, so this is exciting. Um, but he starts with a, a bit of a preamble. Hello, lovely people. Here is a silly joke from the world's oldest known joke book written in ancient Greek dated to the 4th century called Philogolus. Or love of laughter, philogelous. He goes, An intellectual caught sight of a deep well on his country estate and asked a nearby farmhand if the water was any good. The farmhand assured him that it was good. In fact, his own parents used to drink from that same well. The intellectual expressed his amazement. How long were their necks if they could drink from something so deep? (laughs) (laughs) Seems like that intellectual, bit of an idiot. <laughs> or maybe that farmhand's parents were giraffes. That that's true. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, that there was longest necks. That possible. <laughs> <laughs> or the intellectual's like, <laughs> I'll set this one up. <laughs> and finally, for the fat quota question, Nick Fidian. Nick is giving themselves a title: senior, junior, senior vice president of being a junior fact bringer. Wow. And after that, you would really hope that Nick has brought a fact. Yeah, I hope so. And in fact, Nick has. Thank goodness. Uh, and that, that fact is the inventor of the Pringles can, Frederick Bauer, is now buried in one. <laughs> he was so proud of his invention that he passed on this burial wish to his family. When he died at age 89, his children stopped at a shop on the way to the funeral home to buy the can. My siblings and I briefly debated which flavor to use, but I said, look, we need to use the original uh, has said his eldest son, Larry, of the burial. <laughs> Do you reckon they ate the chips or just pour them oh, you'd out? You'd have to eat them. It would feel wasteful otherwise. Yeah. Um, what flavour Pringles can would you want to be buried in? Well, original was my favourite, but they've yeah. changed the flavour. And also they've changed the size of the can. I wonder how annoyed yeah. the inventor would be if he knew that True. you can no longer get your hand in there. It's impossible. Um so I've gone right off Pringles. Yeah, fair enough. Used to be absolutely mad for them. Yeah. I also felt that they were quite a premium special, yes. maybe a couple of times a year chip. Yep. But um, but now you're a millionaire. Exactly. They could be an everyday chip if you wanted them to be. But I'm a millionaire and they've changed the flavor. So it's like, what's the point of my money? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spend it I'm not it supporting on this. this. This is awful. Yeah. What, what do, you, do you have a flavor? Um, I go through phases where I'm, I, I think there's Pringles in the house right now. 
Um, and good, it would be sour cream and Good for you for having onion. self-control. Yeah. <laughs> There's Pringles in the house. Yeah, I do like the salt and vinegar though. And they always come out with all sorts of fun flavours too, don't they? They go a bit wacky. Yeah, which I've never, I never try. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> not for me, thanks. <laughs> Cheeseburger flavour, no thank you. I'm not going to spend $6 on a risk. <laughs> because, yeah, if, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to be grumpy. I believe now, Jess, it's time to thank a few more Patreon supporters. Yes, absolutely. Um, this is what we like to do for people who support us on the arse prod and above level, I believe. That's right. We give them a shout out. Give them a little shout out. We say their name. God, they froth it. Oh, they love it. They love it. They said it. They said they Greg. They said my name. That's me. <laughs> um, and look, fair enough, because you've earned this by supporting us um, on Patreon, which we which we absolutely adore you for, and we couldn't do it without you. That you sounded sarcastic. That's true. Do you reckon anyone's ever got a free shout-out before because they've got a very common name, like <gasps> a John Smith or something, wow. and they've gone, I'll just pretend that's me. Oh, that's good. Well, we do often say where they're from, but sometimes people don't say where they're from and that's very understandable. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think like if it was that case where they haven't specified location as well, then you could definitely take it. And that's the benefit of having a really basic bitch name like me. But I mean, most of Jess Perkins is a great name. Great. Oh, I didn't say it's a fantastic name. Is it basic and very common? Yeah. I see what you're saying. But I I feel like our supporters really have very common. We have a, we have, our supporters have the most incredible names. So we shout out their names. Yes. And we also usually uh, tie it back to the topic somehow. (laughs) Yes. And uh, Jess, I've actually forgotten. What was Matt's report on? Matt's report, uh, which was recorded obviously before we've done this part, obviously, uh, was about uh, something sporty. Oh, he loves sport. He loves sport. So it was probably sport, you know? How are we going to tie the shout out back to a sport topic that we don't know what it was? Okay, you might have put together by now that we are recording this ahead of time uh, because we will not all be together again. Uh, Ever. Ever. This is how we're announcing it. No, um, uh, we're, we are recording this on a Thursday. We're doing the live show on a Sunday. It's going to come out on a Wednesday. So we don't know um, what the topic was. Yes, because it's up to Matt. Matt's chosen the topic. He's put together the report. We don't know. And he's not here right now. He is here for the whole episode you just listened to. It's going to get confusing for you. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, so we don't know what the topic is, so it's pretty hard to make the game relate back to the topic. So maybe we um, – oh, what could we do for them? Uh, like we could just make up a, any kind of game or we could that we could be like what sort of topic they think it is. Oh, okay, yes. Can we think of enough potential – yeah, I'm sure we can. Yeah, okay. All right, great. So let's so do that's it. what they think the topic was. Yeah, exactly. Okay. This is their guesses on the and topic that they've just listened to. <laughs> <laughs> you, you retain information less than Jess. Imagine if we got it right, though. Wouldn't that be spooky? That would be spooky. Whoa. Well, there's only one way to find out. Or if the thing happens we've talked about where uh, what if Matt can't write the report for Sunday and, and I have to do it or something. And yeah. Now it sounds like we're talking. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> it is a topic. I know what it is. Because wait, Matt's not here right now because he's feeling unwell. Not COVID. And we're recording, we're doing the live show in a few days. So we're hoping that it'll be recovered enough to write and report. You're right. It could be you. This is wild. Sorry, everyone. We've we've become unhinged. But what do these people think the topic is? Yeah, that's what we're going to do. 
Do you want to kick it off? Please. I would like to thank from uh, Mesa or Mesa in Arizona. Ooh. Paige Carroll. Paige Carroll. Fantastic name. Paige uh, reckons that Matt's topic or Dave's topic <laughs> was about uh, something that happened in Baltimore. Ooh. A Baltimore <laughs> crime. Yes, a Baltimore crime. But like a funny crime. You don't want to do like a serial killer or a, um, a murder at a live show. It'll probably be a funny crime. Funny crime. Like um, like uh, stealing cars. Oh, and that's then, a victimless and then crime. Making them better and giving them back. That's yeah. Oh, that's a that's a good crime. If you like get like someone's normal Nissan Pulsar hatchback yeah. from 1999. Great car. Steal it to your grandma's. Yep. You, you steal it. You put NOS in the car oh. and then give it back. <laughs> Granny doesn't know. Granny doesn't know. She nosses it up on the highway. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. A victimless crime. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a funny crime. Yeah, funny crime. <laughs> Paige, I, I wish that that was the topic. I hope it's true. I hope it's true, Paige. I hope that's what we just heard an hour of. I would also like to thank from Footscray in Victoria, in Australia, Bridget Jolly. Ah, Bridget. I'm pretty sure Bridget and I went to school together. Um, oh, okay. Well, is Bridget a fan of Nicolas Cage movies? Absolutely. Bridget because is, yes. uh, I think that Bridget thinks that Matt just did an hour of um, the life and times of Nicolas Cage. Wow. Yeah, mm. that'd make for a good live show. That would be fun. That'd just be a great show. That'd just be a great moment in my life. Just hearing about Nick Cage. I had uh, I was struck down with the COVID recently, and yes. I went into the Nicolas Cage movie marathon. Oh, how many movies going. did you watch? I watched three, so it's not that many. That's a marathon. Still, it was uh, gone in sixty seconds. Yep. Uh, the Rock. Yep. And Con Air. Okay. Great movies. Yeah, great. And if I could round that out, I would add in Face Off. Okay, I haven't seen Face Off in such a long time. I think I'm well overdue for reviewing. <laughs> They're acting when they, him and John Travolta are doing impressions of each other. It's very funny. Because <laughs> it's bad? Oh, it's just so over the top. Yeah. Nick Cage goes full Nick Cage. Well, you don't say. So I appreciate it. And uh, I would like to thank from Chicago, Illinois, it's Alyssa Holland. Alyssa Holland uh, bets big money that Matt does a report on... Looking around the room <laughs> <laughs> on um, uh, the uh, rubber glove murders. <laughs> well, is that because you looked over and saw in the apartment next door that someone was being murdered with a pair of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of doing anything to help them, I've continued to do the podcast because I'm a professional. That's right. We will call the police when we hit stop. <laughs> It'll be another 20-ish minutes. Stop waving your arms at me. Yes, I see you. I see you. Do you see this microphone in my I'm hand? I'm busy. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> Thanks, Alyssa. I wait. God, I hate my neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them won't be there for much longer. Uh, <laughs> I would like to thank from location unknown. <gasps> Fortress of the Moles. We can only assume it is deep within the Fortress of the Moles. Claudia Cavini. Ooh, Claudia Coveney. Coveney, yeah, that's that's that might be it. Um, and Claudia reckons that uh, Matt has just done a report on the much acclaimed Australian series starring Claudia Carvin. Oh, great! Which one? Love my way. Love my way. She Fantastic. Love my way. Yes. Yeah. 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 One of those. Yeah. One of those ones. I was love just too young my for. Well, yeah, same. But um, very influential here huge, in Australia. Huge. 
Huge so stuff. that's pretty cool. Uh, well, I hope that Matt is old enough to report on Love My Way. Yeah, so, big time. So yeah. hopefully we... He didn't even need to do any research. He just told us the whole plot. <laughs> he just it was a real Michelle Brazier move and uh, and it paid off in a big way. <laughs> people loved the Michelle episode. Why would Matt not do not, it? It's because people are smart and that episode was fantastic. It was great. Hey, how about I do one more then I throw it over to you. Okay. I'd like to thank from Tolleson or Tolleson in Arizona as well. Do you know each other? Arizona, how big could it be? How big could it possibly be? <laughs> Nick Penner. Nick Penner. Or Nick Pena. No, probably Penner. Probably Penner. Uh, Nick Penner is uh, hoping we will, that Matt has done a report on the history of ice. Ooh, how did they first make it? Where's it from? How did the cavemen make it if they didn't have little ice uh, things for the freezer? Exactly. What ice would they molds, do? you know? What, what did cavemen do before ice mold? How'd you keep your drink cold? I would like to know about how they first started making ice. Yeah. Well, yeah, how did, how did we do it before freezers? Yeah, you know what I mean? I well, do know what you mean. That's why I asked the question. Well, hopefully. I asked a question and you said, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, do you? Do you know what I, I mean? I feel like you don't know what I mean. No. I think that would have been a good report, actually. History of Ice. History Nick, of Ice. Nick Penner, you're onto it. That's pretty good. I, I'd write that down for future reports, actually, Dave. <laughs> um, I'll thank some people as well. I would absolutely love to. From Chicago, Illinois, Rory McSweeney. Rory McSweeney. Fantastic name. Um, Godzilla. That'd be a good report. Yeah, it would be pretty good. Uh, Rory's hoping for a full report on Godzilla, the many different versions that have been made of Godzilla. Mm, there's like dozens of movies. Yeah, heaps. The comic books as well, maybe? Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Look it up. I had some Godzilla pajamas in the 90s Did when the... You? uh Like, I think it was 97, 98 movie. Yeah. Godzilla. I love that movie. I didn't see that. They did a similar... Ish one a couple of years ago. Yes, I did. Did Not, you? See uh, that? It was just a bit more serious, oh, but I saw it. It can't be. But you have to see Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, is that good? It's horrendous. Oh, awesome! Like it's so fun to are, watch because it's terrible. Are they the same size? Yep, similar. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. very very similar. And it's it's so stupid. I'm sorry if you're listening and you love that movie. I saw it in the cinemas as well. I think we were like out of a lockdown and we hadn't been to the movies in a long time and I just wanted popcorn and I wanted to watch a shit movie. Oh my God, did it deliver. That sounds fun. It's so good. So definitely check it out. Um, awesome. I actually think like, this could be a report. Keep. Yeah. Stay tuned. We come up with some great ideas here. I think here. so too. Uh, I would also love to thank from Victor Harbour in South Australia, Crystal. Hello, Crystal. How about... I know you're a fan of a house plant. Uh, you, you are sitting in a room at my house, surrounded, surrounded. by plants. What about some sort of like house plant movement Ooh, report? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by house plant movement? I feel like they've become more popular Yeah. over the last decade or so. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think there were that many plants inside the house when I was growing mm, up. Why not? An investigation. Probably because we had a house. Yeah. And a backyard full of plants. Yeah, you didn't need this. Didn't need it inside. I live in an apartment on the third floor. There, I can see trees out my window, but a bit of green inside the house. It's, it's good oh. for the soul. So the answer is generational housing inequality. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, the report will be pretty heavy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. You thought you were going to get some fun house plants. Uh, just, what would it be? Just Matt listing types of house plants? Yeah, yeah. You got a monstera. You got a snake plant. <laughs> Aloe vera. 
etc. Um, thank you, Crystal. Uh, a couple more I would love to thank from East Fremantle, East Frio in WA, Bree Finlay. Bree Finlay. Beautiful name. Love that. Bree Finlay, West Frio. Bree Finlay. Beautiful part of the world. Oh, Bree Finlay. Oh, okay. Ooh, does that give you anything? Brief and lay. It made me think of a fillet of fish. Okay, yeah. We've already done McDonald's. But what about... Um, well, it's a brie, like a big old chunk, a, like a large slice of brie cheese yeah. cooked like a fillet of fish. <laughs> and that's a report somehow? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's not good. If you have something else, go for it. But No, I think there is something in Brie. I feel like we could talk about... History of cheese. Yeah, and specifically soft cheeses. Who fucking milked a cow and then thought, we can make some stuff out of that? Do you know what I mean? No, that's a bit. Who thought of that? Who saw that liquid coming out of a cow and went, yum, yum? Let me... Uh let me put this away in a cave for a few months. You know, some cheeses are made in caves. Uh, what do you think yeah, of that? I'm just going to leave this. I'm going to leave this for a bit. See what happens. Come back. Huh. It's cheese. It's moldy. That's oh. what this tastes like. Disgusting. It's very nice. Disgusting. But so delicious. So delicious. But also gross. Disgusting if you think about it too much, but I love blue cheese I th- so Almost much. anything is disgusting when you think about it too much. Yeah. Isn't it? How humans exist is weird. Mm, yuck. Um, thank you, Brief Inlay. Sorry about um, everything. And finally, I would love to thank from Fortitude Valley in Queensland, Jack Daly. Jack Daly. Good advice. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack. I'm sure you must get so that all much, the time. I'm so sorry. But it's very funny, sir. Um, history of low-hanging fruit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Daly wishes the report was on Betty Crocker. Okay. Betty Crocker and me. Yes, that's right. I feel like I know very little about Betty Crocker. Well, so. exactly. Because Betty Crocker isn't actually a person. I was going to say, is it even a person? No. I read this um, recently. It's a fictional character. But for a while there, people thought she was a real person. Because I think they I think they're the right person. They hired like actors to um, portray her on TV and stuff. This is already a good report. So it's just a character. Maybe a mini report. I don't know how much I'm interested. info is there. But, um, you know, a fun cake mix. And cake mix is great because oh, yeah. it's easy. And anybody can do it. So that's a bit of fun. Looking up, uh, Betty Crocker founded 100 years ago last year. So wow. if Betty was still alive, she would be quite She'd old. She's so old. And it'd be like, Betty, retire. Do you know what I mean? Like, give it just, it's okay. That's what I'd be saying. Someone on television and radio broadcasts, Betty Crocker was portrayed by several actresses on radio by Marjorie Husted for 20 years. 20 years? On radio. Wow. And she still got all dressed up in the uh, the Betty Crocker look. Every time. For she radio. Was- Nobody explained what radio was to her. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. She also wrote her own radio scripts. There you go. Wow. She lived to be 94. Whoa. Why she only lived for 20 years? Stay in the game. <laughs> forever. You have to stay in one job forever, do you, Dave? Get your head out of your ass, Dave. I'm not sure if this is real. We are basically doing a report now, but until recently, <laughs> this is from uh, Marjorie Husted's Wikipedia. Until recently, when the company admitted she was not a real person, Husted answered to the name Betty Crocker for visitors to General Mills, which is, the, I believe, the multinational manufacturer market 
in charge. So she'd just kind of wander around <laughs> the office. Oh, yes. It's I, Betty Crocker Oh, hello. Here. I'm very busy thinking up cakes. <laughs> I've just thought of a new one. It's an orange and and uh, uh, gravy cake. <laughs> Ooh, they're not all good ideas. Toodaloo. <laughs> 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 I think this report has legs. <laughs> think, Hopefully Matt did it. I think we're just losing our fucking minds. If we got any of those even vaguely close, you have to be pretty proud of us. Let us know. Please. Um, but that brings us to uh, the final part of, of everyone's favourite section of the show. And that is where we thank some of our uh, our long-term patrons and we welcome them into the Trip Ditch Club. This is where you have supported the show on the... Is it, It's not Sydney Shyberg. What is it? Is it... I believe this is the Sydney Shyberg Deluxe Package. Is it? For three years. Oh, no, sorry. It's the shout-out level and above for three years. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. You're if right. If you've been on the shout-out level, sorry. Um, uh, for three consecutive years, which is an amazing effort, and we thank you for it. And if you um, reach the Dizzy Heights, then you are welcome to do the Triptych Club, which is like a, a cool, exclusive club, um, but not in a dickish way. And once you're in, you can't leave. No, but not in a scary not way. Not in a scary way. And uh, we have uh, hors d'oeuvres and cocktails and a band playing and Matt's at the door and he um, welcomes you in. Uh, I organise cocktails. This one is the insert name here cocktail. And that is just whatever this show was about. It's that okay, cocktail, yeah. and it's made with raspberry, um, uh, lemonade, and whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> and it is bad. Whoa. It's pretty bad. Um, Dave, you usually book a band. Have you booked anybody for this week? Yeah, amazingly. I have booked, uh, I assume that it relates to the episode somehow, Pharrell Williams. Yes. We'll be stopping by. Great. Because so the- I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Aren't we all? Pharrell? <laughs> that Pharrell's here. So there you go. <laughs> all right. We're going to thank some people. How do you want to do this, Dave? Oh, yeah. So basically, we, we welcome these people into the club. Usually, Matt reads out the name. I hype them up as the hype man. And then Jess hypes me up as my hype woman. Yeah, that's right. Um, so so I, will, I will read the names. You can hype them and I'll hype you. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because... Uh, and I'll keep the momentum going because Matt always ruins the flow. Yeah, for sure. By criticizing you. And it's like, well, you can't do any better. So, firstly, from Ottawa in Canada, I would love to thank Erica Paradise. Is it Paradise? Parody. In fact, it's Paradise Paradis- when you're here. <laughs> That's fine. Yes. Woo, Erica. Yeah. I think you're right. It might be Parody. Sorry, Erica. I would also love to thank from. Uh, Kenilworth. <laughs> that sounds like a fake place from <laughs> yeah, England. Kenilworth. In uh, Great Britain, Jason ran. Jason ran into the club and made everyone's night. Jason ran. <laughs> thank you, Jason. I would also love to thank from uh, Taupo in New Zealand, HC. HC standing for Happy Chappy. Happy Chappy. <laughs> From London, I would love to thank Chloe Edwards. Chloe, you make me feel glad I'm not Deadwoods. It's <laughs> right. one of my favorite things that's ever happened. And from Las Vegas, I would love to thank Vinny Giovanni Bonadonna. What a great name. Uh, more like Vincenzo Winnie. Yes. Win. Yes. Instead of Vin. Yes, because it's a win that he's here and he's a winner. You are a winner in our eyes. And finally, from uh, Tingalpa. T 
Ting Alba in Queensland? Brett Lee. Brett Lee. Happy me yes. to see thee, Brett Lee. Bit of Shakespeare for you, Incredible. Brett. Incredible. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. Vinny, Chloe, Jason, and Erica. And and HC, of course. Happy Chappy. Happy Chappy. Um, and welcome to the Triptych Club, you lucky, lucky little devils. <laughs> you are all so lucky. So lucky! Hey, if you want to join them or anyone else we shouted out and you want to get these bonus episodes or just uh, help out the show, you can go to patreon.com slash dogoonpod or dogoonpod.com. Mm-hmm. And that's the same place, Jess, where you can suggest a topic. Yes, you can. Just like the fantastic one Matt did today. Oh, God, it was good, wasn't it? What a story. And you don't have to be um, you know, supporting us in any financial way to suggest a topic. Anybody can do that. So, yeah, there's a link in the show notes to the um, suggestion form. Or, yes, on our website, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at dogoonpod.com uh, and dogoonpod at gmail.com and dogoonpod on all social media. So, bloody get in touch. That is absolutely right, Jess. And we should say... That uh, if you enjoyed today's episode and you're in Melbourne or you, you can get to Melbourne the next three Sunday nights at 8.45pm at the European Beer Cafe, we will be recording some live episodes. And this Sunday, April the 10th, 2022, if you are in town, you will see us on stage with the fifth Beatle himself, Nick Meso Mason. Yeah. You're the, the hero that we all needed. We're so excited for to share the stage once again or for him... To share his stage with us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can get tickets for that at uh, dogoonpod.com. And we would love to see you there. Man, it'll be so good. And thanks to everyone that did come out to the show. We really appreciate it. But I guess that's it, Jess. That's it. So again, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, I'll say thank you so much and goodbye. Laters. Bye. Very badly indeed. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.